Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Greenbike, Market Source Real Estate, and Libsyn. We're going to be telling you more about them later in this episode. And I want to personally welcome you out today, give you a big group hug. Welcome to episode 410 of I Am Salt Lake Podcast. My name's Chris Hollifield. And my name's Chrissy Hollifield. And I am still having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that it's December. I feel like we were cheated some days. I mean, just the other day was Thanksgiving. I Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was just Halloween. Yeah, well, it was just... Like, where did this whole year go? The last month of the decade. Are you ready for 2020? You know, yes, because I think it's going to be the first time that I'll actually know what year to write. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, if, if this is your first time here and you're asking yourself, what is this podcast all about? What am I about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We're talking to business owners, comedians, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. I think you guys get the idea. We're talking to anyone that might have a cool story to share. Who's joining us on this episode of the podcast today, Chrissy? On the podcast today, we are joined by Jamaica Trineman, owner and founder of Hello Bulk Markets. This is such a great conversation where we get to find out what motivated her to open up the bulk market. But Jamaica also shares with us tips and tricks on how we can reduce waste, what products you can find in her store, what products she wishes she could carry, and she also gives us a tiny glimpse into the future of Hello Bulk Markets. We're going to get into that conversation in just a couple of minutes. Hey, before we get into that conversation, I want to tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys, Green Bike. Support for I Am Salt Lake podcast is provided by Green Bike, Salt Lake City's nonprofit bike share. Connecting employment and residential centers to transit stops and popular entertainment destinations. Green Bike seeks to improve community health, air quality, and increase the use of existing transit infrastructure. Green Bike is a local nonprofit and public private partnership between Salt Lake City, the Utah Transit Authority, Select Health, and other private sponsors. To date, green bikers have removed 5.5 million vehicle miles from local roads, prevented nearly 5 million pounds of CO2 from entering our air, all while burning 70 million calories in the process. That's 246,000 slices of pizza. And that's a lot of pizza. Hey, to learn more about Green Bike and find out how you can take as many rides as you want for a year for less than 20 cents a day... Follow Green Bike on social media at SLC Bike Share or visit greenbikeslc.org. Seriously, guys, there is not a better way to get around Salt Lake City than with Green Bike. I love doing it. It's a great date idea. It really is. And you can actually enjoy the city when you're biking through it, you know? Exactly. Go visit their website, greenbikeslc.org. And many thanks to Green Bike for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Here's that conversation that we had with Jamaica when she came over to our podcast studio to share her story, the story of Hello Bulk Market. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into that conversation. Enjoy. If we could start uh, like at the beginning, where, where you were born and raised. I was born in Logan, Utah, but was raised primarily in Alpine, Utah, when it was a much smaller town. 
Um, so I grew up there and the mountains were like my backyard growing up. What took you from Logan to, uh, to Alpine? Just a family move kind of, or? Well, let's see. My parents were at school yeah. at the U, uh, at Utah state. And after graduation, my dad owned a clothing company actually. So he was an entrepreneur back in the seventies, owned a clothing company where they had just walls of denim before the gap had walls of denim and, right, right here in, in, Utah. in Logan. In yeah. Logan. And then, it, well, then they moved down here and they had, I think four locations. Yeah. Oh wow. And so I grew up when I was very young, my dad was doing clothing. Um, and then that ended in the eighties. And, um, and at that point he became a, sales manager for a candy company in Alpine. And we built a house in Alpine. Well, we built two houses. One was down by the elementary school when I was little. And then we built one that was kind of in the middle of nowhere. And we had to cross a creek to get to it in my dad's truck. And then now it's just surrounded by, of course, really large homes and any of the clothing companies still around here or no? No. So it was called The Company and Dressworks. And Dressworks was for females and the company was uh, for the dudes. Oh, so was it like work office attire? Uh, no, it was just like, um, it was 70s. It was bell bottoms oh, yeah. and Levi's. So it was cool. And was satin cool jackets for oh, the girls. Man. So it'd yeah. be a gold mine if you can get your hands on those clothes now, right? It like, would be. Resell cool all those. belt buckles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there was some really saucy stuff. So was this kind of, so kind of to fast forward a little bit today with Hello Bulk. Yeah. Uh, did this kind of, with your parents running their own company, doing their own thing or your dad, did that kind of create that spark in you to kind of do your own thing or what's the story with wanting to open your own own business or was this even your first business? I guess I kind of loaded a bunch of questions there. <laughs> it is Answer my all first of them right business. Now. You know, I think that being an entrepreneur is something that I was too young to really understand the good and the bad of it, but I will say that I believe my parents, um, especially my dad, uh, taught me that I would just be really good at so many different things. And so I've always been one of those people that I've always felt like if I'm going to pursue A, B, or C, I'm like, I'm going to be good at it. And I think that's kind of a funny naivete that I've grown up with, but but dang it, I'm good at some things. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're all good at something. You just got to find out what that thing is, what that genius is. Uh, so when did the idea for Hello Bulk, like how long ago did this idea come in your head? It was ages and ages ago. So it was when I was first working for Wild Oats. And at that point, I was a single parent with two young boys. Uh, I think my oldest was in first grade when I was hired by Wild Oats. And I worked really early mornings so that I could be home after school. So that's where I was first introduced to really shopping in a bulk department. And there was all sorts of stuff that resonated yeah. with me. Like I could control the amount of items that I bought, which helped me to not have food waste and I didn't need to purchase packaging, which as a single mom was really helpful. And I also was able at that point with Wild Oats to buy body care in bulk and they kind of ignored it. And it was this ugly little corner of the store that got really dirty, but, and, and then eventually they did away with it. But I always, I guess that's really what planted the whole seed. And over the years, as I raised the kids, especially when the kids were young and I was dealing with uh, children's products or products geared to children in the grocery world and seeing all that wasteful packaging. Um, I just would be like, why can't I buy that in bulk? Why can't I buy that in bulk? Um, and so it was an idea that just wouldn't stop nagging me. 
And it took years and years. It wasn't until the two older boys were really grown and out of the nest that I felt like I could even possibly take this sort of leap and started making concrete steps towards opening the store. And when did that, like how long ago was that? Boy, I took, uh, I was in a cohort called Sustainable Startups about three years ago. And that was a phenomenal sort of local program that got you with other entrepreneurs that were developing their business ideas. And that's where I really started taking it seriously and started lining up things in my life to prepare to really make this leap. And it was really about that period of time that I started tapping into this zero waste trend, yeah. which I, those words I hadn't heard of as I was developing this idea, really. And um, suddenly it was just like, this is being done. This is being done all over the world. And it's going to be coming to the U.S. as single-use plastic awareness grows. And I just felt like I needed to desperately be the one to do it and that I was the best one to do it. And uh, that really propelled me to get it done and move forward. So for people listening that maybe have never been to Hello Bulk, it's it's basically, I mean, how would you describe it? It's, it's more than just bulk items that you yeah. get. I mean, you can get kombucha there. I mean, there's all kinds oh, of- Oh, tons of stuff. And I think that what people sometimes think of when they hear the word bulk is they think of Costco. Yeah. Yeah. And, like huge um, amounts of stuff. And bulk is just, is, is a bulk department where you can buy a little or a lot. And that's really the beauty of bulk is that you control how much you purchase. And so it's, so Hello Bulk is just a ton of stuff available by weight. That means you can buy an ounce of something or you can buy 10 pounds of something. And so we do have grocery, body care, and household cleaners. I was so excited that you had body care in bulk because I've never actually really seen that. Yeah, that's something that's been sorely lacking. And I knew that it was happening here and there, and I knew where I'd, I could start sourcing body care. I also was a grocery broker for just a small stint. And at that point, I was selling into small independent grocery stores all over the state of Utah. And I could see who was doing this, you know, who was doing this and to what degree, and some people were starting to fool around with uh, bulk herbs or in other countries with zero or other uh, states where mm -hmm. zero waste stores are popping up. A lot of times they start with body care and cleaners and accessories because grocery is more complicated. Yeah, there's like an expiration and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And they often don't feel competent uh, about the ability to get grocery and deal with grocery. But I came from grocery. I mean, I was with Wild Oats, which became Whole Foods. Then I was with Sunflower, which became Sprouts. And I was then a, a broker. Um, so I have well over a decade of grocery experience. So when I came at this, I came at this with grocery experience. And I think that that's where we're finding that Hello Bulk is in quite a small circle um, nationally with zero waste stores because so many people come at this from accessories and body care and cleaners and safer. Yeah. Items. Like easier to mm -hmm. store and like resell. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I can only imagine that that would be difficult to know how many groceries to buy, you know, when you're preparing like what to buy, what people will want, how much, I mean, that's gotta be kind of tricky. It is tricky, but you just, I don't know. I've been in it so long that it's just the way. It's I like think. second nature to you now. Yeah. And um, it's fascinating because growing up as a little kiddo, I wanted to kind of like have my own cafe or my own bakery, right? Like we all have those oh, yeah. dreams, like my easy bake oven. Ooh. But uh, after digging into grocery stores and working in the accounting, in the payroll, in the HR uh, management, 
in grocery stores. It didn't take me long to figure out that the deli is the department you pretty, you pretty much don't want to deal with because <laughs> the profit margin is ridiculously lo- ridiculously low. The waste really? is so high. The labor is so high. And I started, that's when I really started looking at bulk departments mm-hmm. and saying, not only do I want to shop in a place that's bulk, but if you want to pick a department out of a grocery store that's profitable, you pick bulk. It's a low labor department. It's a low waste department. And it's just the department that if you need some wiggle room so that you can include the front end like we do, mm-hmm. and you can include a few more things that maybe up your labor a little bit, uh, a bulk department's really the only place you see that wiggle room, I think. Yeah. Interesting. That makes sense. Huh. Yeah. So we have a Facebook group as well as, as you made a post out to uh, your, your followers on, on Facebook, the Hello Bulk, uh, where we said, hey, does anybody have any questions for <laughs> you if we're coming in here? And there are a lot of questions that we would probably talk about anyway. And so I figure we might as well start Dig asking in. them right, right more or less here from the start uh, so we can hopefully tackle all of them. Yeah, I told them to keep it clean. Did no. you see that? <laughs> Hashtag keep it clean. Keep it, no, I like, I like that. I was like, well, well, you know, let's see. I mean, I don't know how, how you couldn't keep it clean, I guess. <laughs> People well, are creative, man. Well, <laughs> uh, the first question here is from Zell Lee, who's actually been on the podcast as well. She asks, uh, have you approached or been approached by larger grocery stores to help them build a model like this within their store? And then is it possible? And then why or why not? Barely, I would say, you know, I think that that's inevitable. I think that like with the EU banning common single use plastics, we will inevitably follow in suit. I think we'll be probably the last ones to jump on that boat. But I really feel like, and this is just me again, being a fortune teller, but I really feel like we have about 10 years before the mainstream grocery industry has to make changes. And at that point, someone like myself um, would be valuable in setting up certain standards and changes in grocery stores. But right now, I mean, I had some some of the management crew from the downtown Salt Lake Sprouts come over and kind of eyeball the store. And uh, I don't know. It was a little weird. And um, Do they feel threatened by? I don't know why they would, because Sprouts is a very large company. Mm. And when you're just a regional manager or what have you, is I don't think that you need to get all uh, personal about it. Mm. I assure you, they don't care about you. (laughs) And so I think that some major chains are cluing into what's happening and they're critical of it. But I also know that um, I worked in the Sprouts for many years and, uh, and, uh, and the Whole Foods, and I know why my model works and I know why theirs doesn't. I know that they're not going to give more labor to their labor or to their bulk departments to really monitor things like the use of funnels, which we have at our store so we can keep things sanitary. I mean, the bulk departments that I shop now, that I see now when I'm in they're other gross. stores, they're horrible. And mm-hmm. I'm I feel like I'm always trying to break that stereotype and it's because they I know how they schedule labor for those departments. They're not well monitored. And ours is. There's always somebody there watching the kiddos and doing the cleaning. Um, I know we've, what, what, we've what had... Oh, oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, in a bulk department that we go to, we've had to track people down and beg them to like refill stuff for us. <laughs> you know. And I know you mentioned this at the beginning. I want to get back to these questions too, but why do you think... That is the last area that they look at as far as payroll and having employees and 
it just doesn't require that much oversight. Um, so they're just like, ah, forget about it. They and- schedule somebody usually to work it in the mornings um, and to refill bins and such. And then they um, they will have some sort of oversight on it throughout the day, like maybe a floor manager, but it just tends to get neglected. And I mean, it, it's, a, it's kind of an autopilot department if, uh. if it's not hit hard you know, during the day, if it gets hit hard or there's kids or whatever, and still nobody's really watching it. I think they all operate on this idea that it's, it's all going to be optimal and fine, you know, because it is sometimes, but it just isn't very frequently. And then you find it just gets neglected, but it doesn't have to be that way, I guess. And and it's also, I don't know. I think that in hindsight, I would say, you know, back then I would say it is a low <clears throat> low labor department because it doesn't need a lot of care and upkeep and whatever. But now that I have the store, I will say that we engage customers in conversation and there are questions and it and it has the potential if they kept somebody in the bulk department yeah. to be cleaner and more engaging and more interactive. And but I think it just gets neglected instead. Yeah, like your store is more of an experience. You can walk in and talk to people and you kind of guide people through the store and show them how to do things. And it's kind of like it's it's much more fulfilling shopping there than like at a big, you know, empty bulk section in the store. Yeah, it's way engaging. And we're usually telling people about some product or asking them how they use their product that they're buying um, and giving samples. And then we can spot people usually uh, if they're new, they have that look in their eye. Oh, yeah. And you could tell that it was our first time because you came up and you're like, can I help you? Because we were just like, what do we do? <laughs> it is like different. a deer in headlights, it right? But it's cool once you get it down. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have people that come in and they just boom, boom, done. And, and especially because we have the self-checkout. And it's just a matter of about three visits and you just get in a rhythm. And it's exciting to see people catch on. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we take just a moment to tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. Remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you are directly supporting this podcast. Hey, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Market Source Real Estate. If you love the charm and character of old homes, you need to contact our friends at Market Source Real Estate. They actually helped us find the house that we're recording this podcast in right now, this very moment. Did you know that for the past 18 years, they have been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House and the greater Salt Lake area? With a background of flipping houses and owning almost two dozen homes themselves, they really know all the ins and all the outs of older homes. And if you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and help make sellers more money. If you're looking to buy an old home, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all of their info right on their website. This is really easy. ThinkSaltLakeCity.com or just give them a call 801-810-6773. Again, their website ThinkSaltLakeCity.com or their phone number 801-810-6773. And as always, many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Uh, Zell Lee has another question here. She says, uh, how, do you su- uh, how do you suggest larger grocery stores at least cut down on their plastic use and or other waste, even if they don't adopt the same model as yours? So it's kind of a, a piggyback of the first question. And, and maybe you don't have an answer. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of change that could be happening if the larger grocery distributors 
and the larger grocery chains said, hey, we're discouraging this type of plastic. Hey, we're discouraging this type of packaging. You need to cut back and and had that conversation. Unfortunately, they're not having that kind of conversation. And I see the craziest things happening. Like I, as a broker, had brands that I thought were really awoken to these issues, these planetary issues. And they had organic ingredients and gluten-free ingredients, and they had all these dietary restriction things on their packaging. And and I, I thought they were pretty aware and conscious groups. And then I go in and see that sometimes, sometimes they're not only still packaging their stuff in plastic, but they are individually wrapping their stuff now in the plastic, which blows my mind because I'm like, how are you so conscious of all this dietary stuff and the planetary stuff and you're ignoring the packaging? And we just have an industry that I don't think is addressing it. And then I see some interesting things like some things are popping up in glass and sprouts, which is like, of course, you're just like, that's amazing because glass is infinitely recyclable and what a great idea, but then it costs like 12 bucks for a jar of hemp seeds. And so I just think that we're kind of starting to reach, but a lot of these major brands and a lot of these companies are mostly um, finding solutions that just, I think, sound really good to somebody who's not really savvy to the solutions that we need to be looking for. Like they're finding solutions, quote solutions, that are around recyclability and recyclability of packaging and compostability of packaging is just, it's just a really flawed approach because our recycling industry is really flawed. And then our compostable thing doesn't always work. That's just like lip service because you have to have the right facilities to compost anything. And so you can't compost most stuff in your backyard. That's not what that means. So we just have... These bigger companies and industries finding solutions around recyclability and com- compostability and it doesn't work. And that's where I, I think we have to shift is that everything can't be based around convenience. And, and these industries are just so stuck in the American need for convenience that they're, they're not making the changes that we actually need and they're not having the conversations that we need to be having. So that's why the zero waste movement is being propelled is because these major grocery chains are just not doing what they need to be doing. So I find it so fascinating. Like we're going through a revolution to get back to mm-hmm. before the sixties, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> totally. can we get rid of everything we created from the sixties to now? Cause we've just yeah. been destroying things. That, that's why I always, I always joke that it's the new old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. There's another question here. Uh, Kristen, Kristen Nielsen. I don't know. Uh, she just says she wants to know it all, how you started, where you want to go. So I guess we should kind of break this up a little bit, but One of her questions that I definitely want to make sure here is uh, to ask is, do you host DIY classes and things like repurposing, making food wraps, detergents, deodorants, et cetera? Do you do that? Yeah, we do. We have a workshop almost every month, most months. Okay. So we have had make your own dog food, make your own soap, make your own body care. What else have we had? Oh, we just recently did a healing balms one with green thread herbs. So we really find people in the community that are experts on these things and tap into that, which is phenomenal. 
And we do hope to have more workshops in the future. It's something that is we've been doing steadily, but we could certainly do more. And the educational piece of the business is really important to me. And it's really fulfilling too. It's it's on my sort of darker entrepreneurial days when things were really hard. Granted, they're still pretty damn hard. Um, but you have a workshop and you take that picture of everybody after the workshop and they're all happy and they're holding their project they made. And I just, it just boosts you up. And, um, so no, and we also allow certain, um, environmental groups to host events in the clubhouse that we have access to with project open. So we have a lot going on with that and just definitely follow us on Instagram because we're all about it. Is that where you'd find out about the classes or workshops on Instagram? Yeah, and Facebook. And then we have a newsletter that used to go out regularly, but this crazy chick named Jamaica is in charge of it. And it's just Who is that girl? not happening <laughs> she as should much get as fired. it should. Uh, seriously. No, it's so hard when you're the one juggling everything, you know? Too many hats. Oh, yeah. Yes. Let's see here. So she wants to, another question, you know, how you started, we kind of got into that, where you want to go. Like, where do you see this going? Do you want to get bigger, obviously, than where you're at? Yep. Like more locations or a bigger, you know, bigger space? Not much bigger spaces, honestly. There are some people that are doing that. I really see if I got this much bigger, it would just be more selection and possibly a coffee tea counter where you bring your own mug. But I think that I envision this being brick and mortars. Mm -hmm. Um, So Hello Bulk Markets is actually a company. It's more than just a singular market. And we do a lot. So we have a B2B side of our business where we source for local food entrepreneurs and organizations. And we do that out of our warehouse. And then we source for the store. And then we have our second location coming in January and we'll be sourcing for those two stores. So we plan on doing a large round of funding for the store in about eight months where we seek angel investors or do a crowdsource equity campaign. We're debating those two options because we do want to aggressively grow. We really believe that the only way we're going to get change around packaging and how things are shipped to us and how things are packaged for stores like mine and others is to have buying power. I am mm-hmm. not strong enough to be having a seat at the table and having the conversations I want to be having. And that's only going to come through buying power. So we right. actually are hoping to aggressively grow and have uh, three or four locations within the next year and a half and then franchise. Yeah. Um, And so you're trying to create the demand mm -hmm. for the manufacturers to provide stuff to you at a better, more, yeah, conscientiously, I guess. Because right now I have a call with four other zero waste stores in other states. And it's been really great to grow as a group and to have these conversations regularly. We've been talking for about a year. And so, for instance, EO is a brand that we get body care from. And one of the, one of the stores on the call called them directly to see if they could get more variety in the gallons. I mean, just the gallons, right? You know, that's not even optimal, but that's what we have access to. And they were really unhelpful. They just basically told her, "Hey, we don't make these for you. We yeah. make these for the hotel industry." And so, you know, as a small store reaching out, they just don't care. But we're having those conversations, which is important. So as a united group and as these stores pop up and these, I'm always saying we're imperfect models. The way we get goods isn't zero waste. What we have access to isn't always perfect. But we're all as a united group having these conversations around 
how things are shipped to us, what we like, what we want. And as we grow as a group, these zero waste stores that are popping up, that demand grows. And before you know it, we could very possibly be making some great change. And so it's all about supporting these imperfect models so that we're supporting the people that are having those conversations and making those demands. Yeah, I think that that's really where the power is to change the industry is actually to, if I was not sourcing for one store, if I was sourcing for all the food entrepreneurs that I can get in this community and my four stores, and then even catering to zero waste stores as a distributor, Mm -hmm. I assure you I would have a seat at a table. Yeah. You know, so that's really the goal. Hey, I just wanted to take a really quick moment of your time and tell you about one of our affiliate partners, Libsyn. Hey, are you or someone you know, are you thinking about starting a podcast? Has this been like one of those things in the back of your head that you're like, gosh, I would really like to start a podcast. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, or maybe you know someone that's in the process of starting a podcast and you're looking for the best podcast audio host out there, go check out Libsyn.com. We've been using Libsyn to host this very podcast for the past seven years, and I know that I personally could not be more happy with them. They make it super easy to set up, and they make it super easy to get your podcast routed to all the podcast players out there like Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts. I am Salt Lake Podcast listeners. Pay attention. Stop for just a moment. We made a very special promo code just for you. If you use the promo code Salt Lake, you'll get the rest of this month and all of next month free podcast audio hosting at Libsyn.com. That's spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Use that promo code Salt Lake and you'll get the rest of this month and all of next month a free podcast hosting at Libsyn.com. Like I said, I love them. I've been with them for seven years and I could not be more happy with them. All right. Many thanks to Libsyn for their support of this podcast. Let's get back into that conversation that we had with Jamaica from over at Hello Bulk. Thanks for listening. Do you see yourself becoming more of a distributor? Like in the long run, kind of managing that kind of stuff as opposed to solely opening your own stores? Um, yeah, we're gonna, we have two sides to the business and one very much is distribution. And I would love to grow that part of the company. And the reason why there's a market for it at all right now in Utah is just because there's not a natural and organic grocery distributor in this state. So the reason we have businesses buying from us is because they, they are completely alienated by the minimum orders that have to be placed for these grocery distributors that are in other states. So in order for them to have an account with the grocery accounts that we have, they can't, they wouldn't regularly buy the minimum order enough to have those accounts. It just doesn't happen. So they have so limited options when you, if they're sourcing, uh, gluten free, vegan, um, organic, that's just really hard for any food entrepreneur or school or organization. And so we have a market because of that need. And it's exciting. I love that need being met because not only am I helping right now, like a gluten-free organic baker get her products going, but I'm also starting to source for a private school that just they don't have the time to look through grocery catalogs and find out when organic brown rice is suddenly the same price as conventional brown rice. Yeah. But I do. That's what I do. So I can say, hey, suddenly your Kalmada olives are organic and you can get them for the same price that you paid for conventional. And they can suddenly up the ante on the quality that they're able to give. And so that's 
a really rewarding side of the business as well. This distribution is really exciting to me. I'm a, I like being in a warehouse. I've always loved a grocery back room. That's just where I'm happy. So yeah, settling into some of those distribution angles is really exciting to me. Another question here from uh, Kristen is, <laughs> what's your best-selling item? Do you have like a best-selling item in the store? <laughs> yeah, we do consistently. And, you know, in the top 10, I will have to put this plug out there. In the top 10, about five of those are usually local. So our local coffee, our local body care, um, our locally made bean burgers by the Polka Bean. We have amazing local products and people love them. But we sell a ton of olive oil. Really? Oh, yeah. Organic olive oil, we will sell, it used to be about 35 pounds on a weekend, and now it's about double that. And we sell a lot of sal suds. We sell a lot of gummy bears, a lot of chocolate-covered almonds. I'm laughing because that's what I got. (laughs) I went and got a bag full of gummy bears. They're really good. (laughs) I know. They're gummy cubs. I know. They're teeny tiny. (laughs) And they're like really pretty colors. And oh, I just loved them. (laughs) Let's see here. Another question. Brittany Hemingway, a big listener of the show. Uh, she always has a ton of really good questions and we might not get to all of them here, but she, one of her questions is, uh, what products would you stock if you had more space? We will have a few more products going in soon and, and we kind of listen to what the customers say. And if we hear it enough times, we get them right. I would love to have cornmeal is coming. Coconut flour is coming. More selection on the rices. And if I had my way, and maybe I'll get it someday, I wish we had like almond milk on tap. Oh, that'd be really cool. (laughs) That would be, we would, oh my gosh, please, yes. And marinara sauce, I could totally dig that. Um, So yeah, I mean, right now with the local vendors supplying salsa and yogurt, I feel like, you know, maybe... Maybe someday I'll get all those things that I want. <laughs> that would be so cool. We need tortilla chips really bad too. We oh. really need tortilla chips. That would be interesting. But I'm trying to figure out how to have people just grab those and not just crush them into that's a kind of, That's kind of, when you said that, I'm like, man, that seems like it would be tricky. Well, you would because they're, I be mean, careful yourself. I mean, I think we all right. know don't grab them real hard. I mean, <laughs> just get some of those like, gloves on every well, time. What about yeah. those? Oh, that. that's zero waste. I guess yeah. back to the zero waste. That would so be waste. So we'd have to do it with tongs mm-hmm. or which something. Would, which would crush them. Yeah. Which is, so, yeah. Uh, what we about, can't have it in what overhead like, uh, Yeah. Cause then they'll just get stuck. What about or break? like a pitcher? Like a, yeah, like a big I think pitcher, a scoop a and a barrel. Somehow. I mean, like the kind of used to feed cows, like bet. a big cow. Yeah, I mean, you feeder. just be gentle. I mean, figure out some strategy. I'm sure there's ways to do it. And if you have ways to do it, if you're listening right now and you know how to do it, contact yeah. Jamaica at Hello. Yes. Contact Hello at uh, Hello Bulk. Another question here from Brittany is what products simply aren't feasible or available to sell in bulk that you wish were? I guess back to the tortilla chips. <laughs> yeah, tortilla chips, there's hope. Almond milk, there's not a lot of hope. But um, why wouldn't there be hope for almond milk? Because it goes bad so fast. That's true. You know, you make almond milk and it's like done. There is a new oat milk company in uh, Linden. Okay. And I'm thinking if there were stabilizers that we could be okay with, because a lot of them we aren't, then there's that. Po- and it's made locally. There's that potential. But um, the, yeah, what could we not have in bulk <laughs> I don't know. My crew always says they want ice cream and I'm probably not going to do ice cream in bulk ever because I do not want to have anybody have to sit there and scoop ice cream. Yeah, that like <laughs> that would be I, tough. I had, a, I had a job for a little while at Baskin Robbins. Not the funnest job in the world. No. So. <laughs> uh, another question here from Brittany is what tips or tricks do you have for getting more use out of everyday products? 
that's kind of a big question, I guess. Well, we have so many savvy customers. Uh So I would say, and I mean, I have my ideas too, I guess, but we hear all sorts of good ideas. One thing I do a lot because I have really different dietary needs than my kids is I love to freeze things in ice cube trays. Like there's almost, you can have cubes of anything. Some people joke that my next store will be called cubes, but honestly, you can just freeze like yogurt that you're not going to use in cubes and pop it out into a baggie. You can freeze sauces. You could freeze. (laughs) I make these little chocolate bombs and yeah. So the secret, get a deep, big, deep freezer, put in your garage if you have the space. Or just flash freeze. If if you even like, if your produce is going bad, your uh, not apples, but bananas are about to go bad you just slice them up you put them on a tray you freeze them and then you take them frozen and put them in a bag and then they're good for smoothies for weeks um so that's really helpful but i think it's a matter of i think the best thing you can do is just start shopping for what you need right and we're all in this mindset that we we shop this value size because it's a better value but then half of it's wasted we need to start a You need to take advantage of your freezer or what have you and just start leaving some thought and then freezing the rest. I know when I get gluten-free breads because they cost a pretty penny, I break that loaf down into like four sections Mm. and then I put enough in a section that I'll thaw and I'll use it within a week, right? So freezing is great, but also we just need to get used to shopping more often, more often and then buying what we need and not just buying up because it's convenient and we're going to only go shopping twice a month. And that's the way we do it. So you're not a Costco person. No. And I mean, that's good for certain things, certain things that remain frozen or that you're going to use a lot of. But I think that um, the customers that make the most strides towards package free and plastic free in their life, they use my store and farmer's markets and they do it every week. They have a system and between the farmer's market and my store, they can completely bypass the need for packaging. Yeah. What about, what about, that was actually a question from, um, from Brittany as well as like your thoughts on Winco, but we've kind of talked about other bulk sections, I guess. at, at uh, Yeah. Like, and like I, well, Winco, I would say I'm going to, it has a great selection, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Winco has a, and, and I'm all for it. The amount of packaging that's eliminated by that bulk department is probably tremendous. Um, I would say where we differ from Winco is that we get organic whenever it's comparable in price and we feel like we can offer that product. And so we just, we've upped the ante with um, quality and with quality distributors that provide product that we know is produced in a conscionable way. And so we have a better product and we have a lot more local product. Well, and I mean, back to what you were saying before, it's, it gets kind of dirty. I mean, there's been plenty yeah, of times dirty or there's either, they're out of a product. You can't get help. You can't, you know. It's just, or a lot of little yeah. kids can open up the Ugh. things and like dig around. It's disgusting. I know, it's disgusting. bad. And then also we use the funnels because we are working with the Department of Agriculture yeah. and we are compliant and we came up with that compromise. And I wouldn't have guessed that we love would love them the way we do because, I mean, we do a lot of dishes. It's not fun. But they keep things pretty tidy, okay? The food waste is minimal minimal compared to what I saw at Sprouts. And then because I think people are so uncomfortable and awkward trying to get the funnel in there that they're careful. And so the food waste has been cut down and we even insist that people use them with their bags. And now when I go to bulk departments, I know that you can usually get away with using your bags most places. But 
I know that you're putting that scoop in your bag and you're thinking your bag's pretty clean and that's fine. But think about the other bags that that scoop has been in. I don't necessarily, <laughs> right. I've seen some homes that you I'm not really okay with. Like we're not all super tidy, clean people. Yeah. And right. so when I see that happening in other bulk departments now, I'm way more in tuned huh. to that. And when I come into my store, I'm much prouder of the way that we keep that cleanliness on the forefront. I mean, before I started this store, I would see viral videos about zero waste stores in other countries. And one of the things I did was read all the feedback. And I'm like, that's just, that's all valid. I have to address that in my model. And so it's important to me to sort of debunk some of the stuff that you see as far as stereotypes around bulk departments, like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. There's uh, some questions here. Wendy, Wendy Butter, she wants to know, uh, well, first of all, she says, this girl inspires me. Uh, what motivates her, drives her, and lights her fire to keep going, uh, to keep growing and to succeed? I don't know. Do you have like, what, what inspires you or motivates you? Let's just kind of s- simplify that question. I think that a couple of things, honestly. Um, first of all, I'm really grateful to be doing something that I can constantly go back to a really important why. I don't know how people open small businesses without that why, because it's really hard. If somebody had told me that so much of my effort would be towards paperwork and licensing and and all the crazy stuff you have to go through with taxes and payroll and this and that, you know, I probably would have been like, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but the fact is I don't have a business where people say, Oh, I like this idea. It's a really cool idea. It's a pretty store. They literally come in every day. I will have somebody come in and say, thank you for doing this. And, um, they'll say, this was a missing piece to my puzzle thank you for being here and providing this. I didn't ever think I'd have this option. And so when you get that kind of feedback, that just heartfelt feedback, it just will propel you through it all. So yeah, having the community around this concept is just, it's just been amazing. And then I'm always telling the kids, I know it's hard to see me working these long hours and go through what I've gone through, but I was with companies working my way into like mid-level management before this, and they just blood me dry. I just Mm -hmm. feel like this is not anything new. And this at least has some light at the end of the tunnel for me. And And you're making a real difference in people's lives as opposed to just sitting in an office and doing middle management work and not seeing a value. I'm making a big difference in people's lives, but also I'm potentially making a big difference in the trajectory of my life with my boys. And so that's really different than working my way up in a company where I know how expendable I was. Hmm. So that those that drives me as well. Another question from Wendy is who who does she look up to as role models? Who are some of your role models out there? My role models this year are some of the older customers that shop in my store. They're these people that came out of the woodwork when I opened in the warehouse, because I opened in a warehouse first, you know, we were just tucked away in the back of this dark hallway. (laughs) And um, the people that came out kind of became my heroes, first of all, because they were willing to challenge the status quo. And now a year and a half later, I've seen them develop habits around this. Like, that's amazing to me. But also my favorite are the older customers that were trying to do this way before 
before anybody let them. They're the ones that have been trying to get Whole Foods to let them use their own containers for decades. And when I opened, they came with their, not just like jars, but their buckets ready for rice and ready for oats. And they have been just our favorite people. That's so awesome. So awesome. Uh, Some questions here from Jessa, another one of our listeners. Uh, What recommendations do you have for couples or small families in regards to shopping in bulk? Uh, Example, I can buy a few items that way and it helps that I don't have to shop for them more than two. Uh, Oh, I think she's thinking bulk as in Costco type bulk. Oh, okay. Okay. She's talking about shopping less frequently. Yeah. What Mm -hmm. recommendations do you have for couples or small families in regards to shopping in bulk? You know, they don't have to shop for them more than two to three times a year, but I don't have the space to hold on to much more than that. So, okay. So you were kind of talking about that one earlier. And it's challenging. It just is. And I mean, I came from a family with eight kids and we had a freezer full of Beef from Grandpa Trinaman oh for a gosh. while, you know we have what like I mean. The same childhood. The freezer full of beef that I'm you from got the family of eight, with. and my parents bought a whole cow. Yeah, and I was like, "This is insane. I hate meat so much because like every meal, here's beef again." Yeah, I would. I was an older sibling, and so we would. I would try what to number? get creative. I was number three. <gasps> I'm number three. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Bonding high five. High five. We know. We don't even have Dude, to tell the story. You know. I got you. Okay, I'll let you talk now. <laughs> well, I would make something for the for the younger kids when I would take care of them called ch- cowboy chow, and they still joke about cowboy chow. But all it was was that beef from the freezer done with like different spices and sauces from the fridge. You know, like so, that so they awesome. would feel like they were getting something different every once in a while. <laughs> You know, wow, you're a good big sister. That makes me think of an idea and maybe you already do this or maybe you don't want to do this. I don't know. I've always thought it would be, you know, I want to buy a cow, but a whole cow. But like if you had some way to organize uh, people to go in on a cow together, right? That would be zero waste or no? I've thought about that. I don't think that I'm going to pursue it right away. We we don't do a lot with meat in my store, but we have um, a wonderful. Are you vegetarian? I'm not vegetarian. I'm trying to get away from meat as much okay. as I can because of what it, it's environmental impact. Sure, sure. But, um, but I'm already like gluten free and dairy free <laughs> and opened a business no this year. My kids are like any more change. And you we're need just something. not going to yeah. be able to deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, we have some great local, um, family owned grass fed beef, beef places. places around here. And I've thought about it cause you could, I could just be the kind of the go-to for you to order half cow, right. Or uh, whatever, but you could take a little cut for yourself somehow, you know, I don't know, make it worth your while too. <laughs> well, right? I will say the laws around meat are insane. Really? If I wanted, cause we wanted to offer at least being a drop off pickup place for meal preppers and that sort of thing. And we're monitored by the Department of Agriculture and certain things will tip you in the, into Department of Health, but we're Department of Ag. And so they said we couldn't even have a meal prep company that had meat in their products drop off on our fridge at our fridge wow. and then have customers come pick it up, even if there was no exchange of money. So we are simply a drop-off pickup location, which we wanted to sure, sure. be for these great entrepreneurs in the community. We thought we could support them that way. And we can do that as long as there's no meat in there. 
because meat is a whole added level. Hmm. So that hmm. entrepreneur would have to come in and be with their product when it was picked up. They could not drop it off and leave. So, so you know, meat is a, it, you have to have a HACCP plan. Huh. It, you have to produce it right on site if you're going to sell it on site, like a restaurant. Sure, sure. Um, so it's really complicated, actually. It does sound oh. complicated. I'd probably avoid it too. I had no idea it was so complicated. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I would definitely avoid it at that cost anyway. Let's, yeah. uh, let's switch direction to Salt Lake City. We have some Salt Lake City uh, related questions that we ask everybody that comes through here. We have to ask, otherwise our listeners will get mad at us, Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> we well, no, they will. That. They'll, they'll no, email, in. They really they'll email they'll us be, and get mad. They'll be like, you didn't ask them this question. And but- to be fair, we love it that you guys get mad because it means you're paying attention. <laughs> so we, <laughs> they we, care. All, we all have family and friends, right? That visit Salt Lake City or Utah and we have to give them a tour. We have to show them around town or take them in the mountains. What's the Jamaica tour? What uh, is there like a building or a hike or Gosh, you know what? If I give somebody a little slice of Utah, it would definitely include some food because, I mean, we have good food here, but it would also include a, seeing a band or two. Okay. Because Utah has really good music and art. And it was only living outside of Utah that I realized how lucky we were there. So I think if I spend my money on anything in this town, it's uh, good music, like something like the Kilby shows where I could actually bring huh. my kids. There you go. I mean, that was the best. And I saw bands there that I couldn't say Chrissy, like, Hey, yeah. I saw them when they were at Kilby, you know, like, <laughs> like bring them to Kilby court, bring them over to the urban lounge for a show, bring them up to Red Butte and hike up and sit up on the, in the nosebleed section with the dog and the marijuana and see a show from <laughs> up there, you know, <laughs> But um, there's a lot of quirky stuff about Utah. And I think that I would definitely be introducing people to um, music and food. Very cool. Very cool. Would you change anything about Salt Lake City if you could? The inversion. Oh, I, would, I would change the inversion. Right there with you. <laughs> right there with you. <laughs> That's depressing as hell. Driving into a blanket of who knows what and telling your kid like, yeah, that's where we live is in there, you know. Or like when they come home from school, we weren't allowed to go outside today because we can't breathe. <laughs> Here's a face mask to wear yeah. to school tomorrow. What, what about favorite local eating spots? You mentioned we have so many great eating spots. Where where do you, one or two favorite places? Well, uh, the kids really like um, Al Chai, which is on the west side. And it's like a vegan pho place. Okay. Really good. And what else? They like curry in a hurry and Estee's pizza. Estee pizza's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, just the cheese pizza. And then you get the salad, their house salad with balsamic. And you put the salad on your slice of cheese pizza and you make salad pizza. Very cool. That Wonderful. sounds brilliant. Huh. I'm going to try that. To check that out. I've never thought to do that before. I love it. Now, Chrissy asks a final question, but before we wrap this show up, Jamaica, let's give the address of Hello Bulk. What's, I'll let you have the honor of well, giving the address. Well, we are on the west side, right on the tracks at 355 North, 500 West. And then the new location opening in January is at 925 East, 900 South, right next to... Um, the, it's in the Pizzeria No-No building, the white Pizzeria No-No building. So both locations will be open then or just, or you're yes, moving all will, of it? Okay. they will both be open. That one is very small in the 9th and 9th area, but it will be opening in mid-January. We've already signed a lease on that one. And then the other one, we are going to stay on the west side for a long time and see it grow up around us. We love 
West Salt Lake. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff popping up there, right? Like some apartment buildings, right? right yeah, there. And, some other and businesses we there. are located in an apartment building, but we are moving into new construction right next door okay. in about February. And there are eight different live work units created there. So we have a bunch of businesses that'll be going in next to me and I'll have some friends in the area. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And you're on, you're on Facebook and Instagram. Do you do Twitter or no Twitter? I don't. No, I have not gone no, there yet. I don't know if that's really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know maybe if you'd benefit from Twitter at all, but uh, we'll make sure we'll put those links at IamSaltLake.com with this episode notes uh, so people can connect Fabulous. to you as well. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to make sure that we talked about, like anything you wanted to promote or uh, that you wanted to talk about the business before we completely... Gosh, no, I just say, let yourself make this change gradually, like Uh give yourself a little credit if you're willing to just tackle one thing at a time. And we are going to try to have enough locations in this valley eventually that we're pretty accessible, but we sure appreciate it when you come out of the way and find us tucked away on the West side right now. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here. So I'm going to let her ask the question and even though it kind of sounds like you just said yeah, it, but I'm going yeah, to reiterate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you kind of did. <laughs> you can, yeah. I was going to say, do you have a piece of life advice or a motto that you would like to leave with our listeners? I, I do. I think about this all the time. There's just a little saying that comes to mind and I think it's that life isn't about what we deserve. It's about what we do. All right. Many thanks again to Jamaica Trenaman for joining us on this episode. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode show notes right on our website that can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 410. That's for episode 410. Support for I Am Salt Lake comes from KRCL 90.9, amplifying community voices since 1979. This listener-supported music discovery station covers everything from reggae and punk rock to local grassroots activism. Listen today at 90.9 FM or online at krcl.org. All right, it's the first episode of the month, and that means it's time to give some love to our Patreon supporters. Uh, These are kind of some of our frontline swarm supporters, people that are supporting the podcast through Patreon. It's kind of like an ongoing Kickstarter where they throw on like a dollar, five dollars a month, whatever they can afford to help keep the podcast going to help pay the bills over here. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, you can uh, very easily do that by going to IamSaltLake.com slash Patreon, and that will forward you to our Patreon page. And like I said, let me run down this list of our awesome supporters. We got some killer people in here, you guys. All right, we have John Miller, Mark Copeland, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Nicole Davison, Alex Santi, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing. Will Dugdale, Brittany Hemingway, Jeff Hadfield, Eric Tomorrow, Sana, Brett A. Schmidt, Alan Martindale, Nick Naylor, Three Irons SLC, Nikki Line, Michelle Stevens Williams, Dirt in Your Skirt, Christopher A. Heiser, Jay Chambers, That is a heck of a group of people, Chrissy. I really just want to get a big group hug. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of every episode, join on in here for a group hug, you guys. Seriously, you guys are all awesome. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, like I said, go to IamSaltLake.com slash Patreon, and we will read your name next month when you become a supporter. And that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to show your support for this podcast by supporting our show sponsors, KRCL, Greenbike, Market Source Real Estate, and Libsyn. We'll have links for all of them at our website under the notes for this episode, 
which you can find at IamSaltLake.com. And uh, other than that, you guys have a great week. Make sure to get out and enjoy the city. Support local whenever possible. And we're going to see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.